Welcome to Season 7 of the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. Our ministry's simple goal is to help women read their Bibles. We want to be women who know and believe God's Word and share what God's Word is teaching us with others. This season, Go Tell It, we'll be focusing on that last part, sharing with others. We'll ask each guest how God has called her to share the good news of the gospel in her life. We'll hear from women in a variety of seasons, stages, and missions. We invite you to listen in and ask God how you can be sharing the good news too. Today is the final day to apply for the 2020 Dayton Women in the Word team. For all the details, check out DaytonWomenInTheWord.com today. Welcome back to the Dayton Women of the Word podcast. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Bethany, and we are here um, season seven of the podcast, which um, deals with sharing the gospel in your season of life and your spheres of influence. Um, So today I am in the studio with my friend, Sarah. Um, So Sarah, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what your current season of life looks like? Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Um, My name's Sarah, and I um, am... My my roles right now in life are I'm a teacher. I teach junior high English. Which that um, is a ministry in and of itself. <laughs> yes, it's an adventure. Um, I'm a teacher. I am a young life leader, and I also coach cheerleading. So those are my major roles right now. That's awesome. <laughs> and how did you wind up in Dayton? So I have lived in Dayton or lived in Dayton Mm -hmm. for most of my life. um, And up until just recently, where now I teach up in Troy. Mm -hmm. And um, I just moved up there two years, almost two years ago. So I I was in Dayton for, Mm -hmm. you know, almost my entire life. That's so cool. Um, So why don't you tell us a little bit about what the gospel, how you would define the gospel in your own words? Okay, so the gospel is the best story, the best news, Um, and the gospel is that God created the earth, and it was perfect, and then he created man, Mm -hmm. and man turned away from from God, Mm -hmm. and um, sin entered into the world, and there had to be a consequence, a penalty, and that penalty um, for all mankind is death, and um, there's nothing that man Mm -hmm. could do about it, and, um, but... The best part is that God loved the world so much that um, he sent his own son Mm -hmm. to die for us on the cross and to take that sin for us, take it on himself, Um, and not just to take it, but to conquer it, to conquer death. Mm -hmm. And um, that not only gives us forgiveness and, um, you know, like a clear conscience, Mm -hmm. if that's not where it stops, um, it's that we get to be with God one day. Yeah. I love... um, I love that, you know, you described it as like, you know, he he didn't just end it, like he conquered it. I'm studying Hebrews right now with some girls at um, school, and there's so many references to Jesus being like this and also this. Uh-huh. And it's like the at the end of the book, he's described as the author and perfecter of mm-hmm. our faith. So not only did he initiate it, but he saw it through yeah. like all the way. Yeah, that, it didn't just end. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. 
Um, so why don't you um, tell us a little bit, how did you come to believe the gospel? So I was just the other day, I was kind of going through this um, with a friend and I was talking about how for, for people like me, like, um, you know, it starts off with, I grew up in the church <laughs> and we send, we tend to like, like somehow discredit that or yeah. want to discredit that. But I mean, that is, that's my story and, mm-hmm. and it's no less, I mean, cool or valuable yeah. or whatever. But um, yeah, I grew, I grew up going to church. My, both my parents know the Lord. Um, and however, though, I feel like the Lord captured my heart at a really young age. I don't remember the exact date or anything, but I think I was probably around seven or eight. Um, and I do think that I understood, I understood mm-hmm. God made me, God did something for me and I, I, I need or want to be a part mm-hmm. of it. Um, and then I was baptized uh, around 11. Um, and I, I do, I mean, I know that I knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of times we want to think that young people may not understand, mm-hmm. but they totally do. And so, um, I mean, and I see that often in my yeah. own life nowadays, but I know that I understood it then. So um, a lot of my mom speaking through me, a lot of getting it on my own at church, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that's how I that's how I came to understand. That's awesome. Yeah, I I think that you know as we go grow older, sometimes we overcomplicate it, mm-hmm. and so yes. you know it's easy to kind of discount younger perspectives. But then yeah, you know, our the church I go to, there's like a billion little kids, which yes. is awesome. But then just hearing them articulate <laughs> things sometimes, it's like okay, it really is that simple. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I um, I love that you kind of shared also your perspective kind of on your own um your own story i know that a lot of times it can be hard to feel like you don't you know it's like this ho-hum you know (laughs) coming to know the lord um but i remember being challenged um by a friend once because i kind of you know i was working through how to share my testimony Uh i think it was like prepping for a mission trip or something and he's like okay well why don't you know just just share it with me and so I started going through it and it was the same thing where I was like yeah I grew up in the church blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then he was like you know I can tell that you're you know you you don't think your story's that important and I was like oh busted <laughs> and then he's like but remember like you're you're not the author of it oh. and I was like oh mm. okay well yeah. yeah and like when you think about it just that the fact that any of us can come to know the Lord is a miracle. Yes. And so it doesn't matter like what we were, like we were all saved from the same outcome. Yeah. Whatever it looked like for our time on earth when that happened, like the end game was going to be the same. Yeah. So that's no less miraculous regardless of our perspective of what we were saved for from. For sure. I went to something recently and they were talking about how like the classic story of um, like any movie really mm-hmm. is like there's, you know, this high moment and then there's a low moment where mm-hmm. the person reaches something and then it goes up again. Uh-huh. And we tend to tell, want to tell our testimonies like yeah. that where you're like, oh, I was okay. And then a bunch of bad stuff happened. And then I met yeah. the Lord, but yeah. really like, you're, you're like where you meet the Lord mm-hmm. is, is not even at the top of the next, like, mm. you know, right. the incline, I guess it's like yeah. you meet the Lord and then the whole rest of it is this like zigzag of ups and downs yeah. where like, that's the cool, your testimony doesn't just end when right. you meet the Lord. Like it's everything after that as well. Yeah. So yeah. for sure. I think I always kind of struggled with like, okay, so if I really did like get saved, there's all this pressure on like, when did you get saved? <laughs> 
so young, like, did I really understand the depth of my sin? And I'm like, maybe that's less important Mm -hmm. than understanding it now Mm. that like, okay, I still am in need of that savior now that I'm, you know, in my thirties and I can understand the depths of my sin a little bit better. But for sure. Yeah. Um, so how is the guy, so you mentioned being a teacher, you know, all these like really neat, crazy roles <laughs> that I'm sure you could tell stories for days. Um, how would you say that God is leading you to share the gospel in this current season? And how would you say maybe that looks different than other um, seasons that you've walked through? Okay, so, um, well, can I start with a story? Oh, yes, okay. we love stories. <laughs> so um, the way that I got, I like I said, I moved up to Troy, and the way mm-hmm. that I got to Troy is like kind of one of my favorite stories to tell because like we've been talking about God as the coolest storyteller. <laughs> um, but I finished grad school and started looking for a teaching job, mm-hmm. and I kept seeing the one in Troy, and I in my head, I didn't really know, I didn't know anything about mm-hmm. Troy, and I was like, nah, I think it's far, like I'm not gonna apply. And then, you know, days went by, and I was like, well, whatever, like I'll just, I'll just <laughs> apply. And so I applied, and then when I got a phone call for the interview, I was like, you know, so excited. And I run upstairs and tell my mom and she's like, of course she's excited too. But then she said, Sarah, that's kind of far. And I was like, well, is it? And so then I, you know, put it in my mouth. Geography's like, hard. Oh, it's like 45 minutes away. And that was not part of, you know, my plan. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you know, whatever, it'll be a good like practice is what I thought. <laughs> um, and I remember like in preparation and then even on my drive, like on the highway, I remember praying, like, I hope I don't like it. Like, I hope I get there and then something is wrong with it and I don't want to be there. Um, and lo and behold, like I met the people and I saw the school and I saw the town and I was like, oh, I really like this place. <laughs> um, and then, you know, have another, they call me back for an interview, they offer me the job and I was like, I got, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. Um, and I and I fell in love with the city of Troy. I love it there. Um, and it's just so cool because, so okay, so that got me to Troy. Mm-hmm. And then I have this position of teaching seventh grade students. <laughs> um, and so that kind of led me to um, my second year of teaching. That was the first year I was living there. Mm-hmm. And I was in my favorite coffee shop up there grading or something. And I hear, overhear this girl talking about Young Life. And I led Young Life, well, Wildlife, which is the junior high virgin mm-hmm. version, um, when I was in college. Mm-hmm. And I overheard her talking about it in the coffee shop. And I was like, you know, being nosy, whatever, when right. they finished their conversation, I'm like, I'm sorry, I just heard you talking about Young Life. Like, I used to lead Young Life. And so we start talking and I didn't, I had no idea mm-hmm. that Young Life was in Troy. Um, and that was the end of that conversation. And then a few days, I don't know, a few days later, um, I was there again. And the same girl runs up to me and she brings me her leader. And she's like, this is my leader, Aww. Katie. And so we start talking and this, you know, this little seed starts <laughs> being planted. And I'm like, Lord, am I being like, is this happening? You know, like, do you want me back in Young Life? Mm-hmm. Do you want me in this ministry? Um, and so a month later, I was leading Young Life again. That's and awesome. um, yeah, so that's been a little bit over a year now that I've been leading Young Life. Um, and then through that, the purpose of Young Life is to build relationships mm-hmm. with kids so that you can share the gospel with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the ways is just being around kids, which I am seventh grade kids mm-hmm. all day long. Um, but I'm not around high school kids as much. So then this position opened to coach cheerleading. And I was like, well, I've wanted to coach something. I don't do the sports. And so <laughs> that's not happening. Um, and I danced and I, I've never cheered before. And so I was like, well, let's just, just try it. And so that's kind of how I got into cheerleading. Um, but it's just so cool to see like, never in my wildest dreams that yeah. I've thought I would be in Troy, coaching cheerleading, leading Young Life again, like never what I've thought. So um, all of those are avenues for me to share gospel, to share the gospel right now um, in my life, and it looks different because it's just wildly different than what I. I mean, I'm not that old, but like then, 
going from what it looked like in college mm-hmm. and before that um, to just a complete t- change of, it's all, I guess, mostly, sharing the gospel for me is with kids mm-hmm. right now. Um, and it's so sweet to me. But um, I would say, I guess starting with with teaching, um, like we talked about earlier, like you can't discredit the youth mm-hmm. <laughs> and they, because they have no filter. Um, for better or for yes, worse. Yes, for better or for worse. Um, yeah. Oh gosh, I could tell many stories. Um, but they also will ask questions like un, unfiltered. Like mm-hmm. they um, actually just last week, I walked in second period, which is like eight o'clock in the morning. Um, I walked in going to shut the door and this kid who's so weird, like in the coolest way, he has <laughs> long hair and he has a fanny pack and Mr. Sconey, I have a question. And I was like, Oh gosh, do I want to hear this? Is what I asked him. He's like, no, 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 Have no, I had it. enough caffeine? <laughs> like, oh gosh, am I awake? Um, and he says, um, he says, when churches are done with the Bible, do they just start back at the beginning? And I'm like, oh god, well, you know, I'm thrown off. Like, where is this coming from? And one of his friends goes, he went to church with his girlfriend. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. And I had known that he was seeing this girl, and that I knew she went to church. And so um, I was like, well. Uh, you know, they don't always just start in the beginning and go to the end. Um, and there's so much to be learned from a book. That's why we reread things in in class. And you, and of course, like three minutes in, he's out. He's yeah. you know not he's like okay, cool, bye. Yeah, but like they'll ask questions like that, and then not only are they listening, but the rest of the class is listening. Mm. And um, another sweet story was in December, we were reading A Christmas Carol. And if you're familiar with any of the million versions of Mm -hmm. it, like um, Scrooge is visited by Marley, Mm -hmm. um, his old business partner, and he's carrying the ghost of Marley and he's carrying all these chains. And so we talked about the symbolism of those Mm -hmm. chains and he's got like lock boxes and safes and ledgers and just Mm -hmm. like a bunch of stuff that that's what weighed him down in life. So we talk about that and we had this lesson of, making a paper chain of like what on your link, like what weighs you down? So mm-hmm. that l- opened up cool conversations of things I didn't know about students yeah. ahead of time. Um, but then the next day we were like getting ready, you know, getting our books out and this kid raises his hand. And he says, I have a question. And I said, okay. And he says, do you think that we can get rid of our chains? <laughs> okay. Door yes. And right I said, open. okay. And I said, well, that's the thing with teaching is I can't obviously just stand up and proclaim the gospel. Mm -hmm. Um, But if they ask me my opinion, Mm -hmm. it's open. So I said, are you asking me my opinion? (laughs) And he said, yeah. And I said, are you asking about the book or life? And he was like, well, I don't know. And I was like, okay, well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I just start telling him like, for sure, there's Mm -hmm. forgiveness. There's, um, I really honestly didn't even have to say much. The other kids who I know go to church Mm -hmm. and know Jesus in the class start jumping in and they're like, Mm -hmm. oh man, there's this thing called grace. And I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) it was a dream. Um, And he's like not a very flusterable kid. And so he was kind of taking it in. And then eventually it got to the point where he was like, okay, okay. And I'm like, okay guys, let's bring it in, let's bring it in. But like they ask questions mm-hmm. like that where you're like, for sure, let me tell you about whatever yeah. you just want to know. Yeah. Um, so like that is so cool. But the all, I mean, I heard recently, I don't know if podcasts or what, but somebody t- talking about the ministry of presence. Mm. And I was like, oh, that is goals. Like yeah. that's my goal yeah. with whether it's in my classroom or um, with coaching or you're leading a life. Like that is my goal all the time is just to be there because kids nowadays don't have mm-hmm. constants um, a lot of times, especially especially the age that I see all the time. Um, and so just being there constantly is like, um, 
is my goal and is I think so powerful for them um, because they don't always have mm. that. Um, but yeah, so that's with with teaching with um, with young life. Young life is cool because it's um, it has a set up like system or, or formula that mm-hmm. they use, and so we have this thing called club, which is like. Um, it's a weekly thing where the kids come um, and they it's like loud music, dancing, karaoke style singing and games and stuff. But at the end, there's always a talk prepared by one of the leaders. Um, and they go through this progression each semester, which we start by talking about the person of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we talk about need and sin um, and the cross and resurrection. So we go through this kind of like what the gospel is mm-hmm. um, and present it to them in a way that is easily understandable. Yeah. Um, and engaging, that's the main thing with the youths as well, is to be engaging because they're going to check out yeah. um, as soon as they're not interested anymore. Um, so that is like the f- like formulaic version of how I get to with Young Life. But also like I, for me, sharing the gospel is all about relationships. And like it's kind of the same with like – gospel aside, like talking about life, like people are going to listen to you and, and give credit to what you have to say if they have a relationship mm-hmm. with you, if they know who you are or what you're about. And so I think that um, for me, that's the first step, but then also introducing Jesus and just like who he was mm-hmm. and what he did in his time on earth. Um, and that's the first way to kind of introduce kids to the gospel is that's the way that I go about it, I guess. Yeah. I think that that is, especially thinking about such a challenging sometimes demographic of you know junior high and high school relationships and working working in that that consistency and that relationship building not jumping immediately to sharing the gospel Mm -hmm. or like going through the romans road not that that's not important that's obviously like super important but without that foundation like you can't get there right and like um how important that is i remember i I do tutoring with a nonprofit that is junior high and high school boys. So, (laughs) man, I don't like I am in my early 30s and I can't tell you how nervous I was to start tutoring. I'm like, I should not be this nervous to like talk to high school boys. But I am like this is like PTSD from my own high school experience still. For sure. But it was so neat because like that first like year of tutoring i was kind of like am i even like connecting with these guys Mm -hmm. because like we go like week after week i'm like i'm not cool i can't go play like (laughs) basketball with them and like connect yeah like sports ball no like (laughs) not there so i'm like is is this relationship building like even happening and then you know gradually you start like noticing that they start sharing more stuff with Mm -hmm. you during this like one hour tutoring session Mm -hmm. and then like one of the guys that i've been tutoring you know, regularly he invited me to this like ceremony that he was going to be at. And like, oh. that's not, that's not like tooting my own horn no. or anything, but just like a testimony to the fact that like sometimes it's like those small incremental um, discussions that you have that mm-hmm. hopefully will lead to fruit later on. And like sure. maybe, you know, in your case, like you have students in your room that already know the Lord and that's awesome. Um, there's got obviously ones that don't know the Lord yet and like hopefully seeing that consistency and, you know, what an encouragement to your students who do know the Lord to then see you living mm. that out. I When you were sharing, it made me think of First um, Timothy 4, which the verse is like usually the one that is – you know, the go-to about like encouraging the youth, basically, <laughs> since we're all about the youth that, um, uh, today. Uh, but it talks about, let no one despise your youth, but set 
set the believers an example in speech and conduct in love and faith and impurity. And I just felt like that really kind of embodies the ministry that God has called you to in, you know, in these different like pockets of Mm -hmm. where you're at right now that like, you know, whether they know the Lord or not, they're seeing your consistent example of what your relationship with the Lord looks like and Mm -hmm. how that is poured out to other people. Mm. Yeah. And one of the things as well that has been so, so cool for me is this is my, I'm finishing up my third year of teaching. Um, So the students that I had my first year Mm. are now freshmen. So I get to see them come to Young Life. Oh, that's And so I, oh gosh, it has been the greatest joy of my life so far, um, seeing those girls who I loved in seventh grade, mm-hmm. um, you know, at the end of their eighth grade year, like the last day of school, I'm like, put your phone number in my phone, like you're coming to Young Life, and you know, they would go anywhere I told them to mm-hmm. at that point. And so they come, they started coming over the summer, and then we went to, um, so they're kind of hearing it just all mm-hmm. summer long and then the beginning of the fall. And then in November, we went to a fall weekend, which is mm-hmm. where they take that progression that we do over the semester and they kind of condense it into mm-hmm. like a short weekend. Um, and so they're hearing the f- entirety of the gospel and then they're given this time to just kind of reflect on it. Mm-hmm. The 20 minutes is the mm-hmm. young life term for it. And they just kind of go off by themselves in the freezing cold. But they really, I mean, for some kids, you know, they're not going to take it seriously, but for some kids, it's life changing 20 mm-hmm. minutes. And multiple girls met the Lord that weekend and like to now see them so hungry and so on fire last week a girl texted me and she doesn't go to church she's never been to church but met the Lord at fall weekend Mm -hmm. and she said can I go with you to church on Easter and I was like for sure a thousand percent yes I'm like we're going so um that has been the coolest thing for me and now just I mean building those relationships while they're in junior high Mm -hmm. still um and now seeing them go to high school and that I still get to be a part of their life um And also a huge thing for kids is knowing that like life changes so much, especially at this age and like that you can't really count on anything to be consistent. And but getting to tell them about a God who never changes is the same yesterday, today and forever um, is like wild to them. Mm -hmm. Like something doesn't change. And so that's a joy as well is to get to tell them that. So I know you shared a little bit um, about some of the barriers that you face, you know, with being, you know, teaching depending on you know where you're teaching at you may be limited in what you can share but what are some other barriers that you've encountered with sharing the gospel yeah so um for sure the one with teaching i mean it's not like i would stand up on my you know (laughs) in front of my class and i mean i could but um but going along with that though is i would say my biggest barrier honestly is myself Mm -hmm. i feel like a lot of times um like Moses when he's like, I don't know what to say. Like, send someone else. And God's like, who created your mouth? Like me. Um, And so just knowing that he is going to speak through me and it's not me anyway. Um, I remember one of the first times I was going to share campaigners is like our Bible study with Young Mm -hmm. Life. And then one of the first times I was really nervous. And one of my high school girls, a freshman at the time, she was like, well, Sarah, it's the Holy Spirit speaking through you anyway. And I was like, okay. Oh, all right. You met the Lord just a few months ago. Like such a a good truth. But um, yeah, I would say myself, a lot of times I get, um, it's funny because people will ask me like, oh, do you get nervous to talk in front of people? And I do. And they're like, well, that's what you do all day long. And I'm like, yeah, but they're, I don't know. They're, it's different when you're a teacher mm-hmm. versus when you need to t- need to stand in front of people or need to tell mm-hmm. somebody something super serious. Um, but yeah, for sure myself, um, but also kids' hearts. A lot mm-hmm. of times, if you 
well, if you don't have that relationship, that's a barrier a lot of times. Even if you do, there are kids who don't want anything to do with Jesus. Um, and so that is just like, that's a huge barrier because even though they trust you and they'll tell you things about their life and the good and the bad, um, the moment that you want to start talking about mm-hmm. Jesus, they, they're they they're out, like yeah. they check out. Um, and I heard uh, on a podcast recently, somebody was talking about like with those kids, you just want to keep piling truth mm-hmm. on their hearts. And that, that's a lot of times all that you can do mm-hmm. and pray for them and just keep speaking those truths to them as long as they'll hear it. And mm-hmm. in hopes that one day, if their heart has to crack open for some mm-hmm. reason, that'll fall in. The yeah. truth will just fall in. Um, and so that is a barrier a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And just thinking too, like, you know, like you said, they may not be at the place where the Lord has compl- has softened their heart mm-hmm. yet. But then to remember back, like, I remember, you know, how consistent, like, Ms. Muscani, you know, <laughs> was with me. And, like, I had that trusting relationship with her then. Like, you know, maybe she's somebody that I could reach out to now that I am open to hearing what she yeah. tried to, you know, share with me earlier. That's so. the hope. That's cool. Um, so what encouragement would you have for our listeners who are wanting to share the gospel where they're at? Um, okay, so first I would say that it's going to look so different for everybody. Um, so like for me with the youth, sharing with them <laughs> looks wildly different than sharing with adults. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely some similarities building sure. relationships, but I think it's way, way different with kids versus adults. Um, and also just to not fall into comparison. If you're seeing um, a sister or brother in Christ who's like getting these cool like times where they get to pray with their coworkers mm-hmm. or friends or whatever, like don't just assume that that's what you need to be doing or why am I not able mm-hmm. to do that? Like it's just going to be so different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess I would encourage to pray and ask the Lord, like, what do you want me to do or, mm-hmm. or where is my opportunity? And um, so I would say asking the Lord, if, if you're not sure, like, yeah. what am I supposed to be doing? Asking the Lord um, to show that you that. And also a huge thing that I am so currently passionate about <laughs> is being a single. And like the fact that I have so much time that I know, God willing, like one day I won't. And just knowing that, like, for instance, I was able to teach and then pick up leading young life, which is, you know, on my, you know, my volunteered time and then coaching mm-hmm. and just like that, I would not be, I know I would not be able to do those mm-hmm. things if I had more than one person to take care of. Um, the other day a girl texted me, I was like or a rare evening where I got to go home and just, you know, do whatever. Mm-hmm. And she texted me, she's like, I really need you. Can we get coffee? And knowing like, yes, I can yeah, drop sure. whatever I was going to do and go when there's a time in my life, maybe where I won't be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just encouraging singles who aren't aren't don't know what to do with their time or if they're just waiting um for a spouse or whatever it is like for sure I've not always been in this in this mindset but just encouraging that like use this time and and we say oh the gift of singleness and you want to like discredit it or whatever but it's such a gift it's a gift of time that like you may not have one day and so I'm so passionate right now about like (laughs) using that time um that I've been given to for the I'm for God's glory, you know. Yeah, I um, for so long, you know, there's there's many times, especially Paul kind of talks about how like you know everybody has their own gifts and like there's certain you know the the truth of the matter is like there it's easier as a single person to do you know to do the work of the Lord because your heart is not pulled in all these directions uh-huh. and I have always been like you can't see me because we're being recorded but like giant eye roll like okay whatever Paul mm-hmm. um, and like finally getting to a point in my life where I'm like you know 
that doesn't change the desires of my heart, but mm-hmm. it's true. And like, I, it's my calling to not squander, you know, however long this season lasts, if it lasts forever, if it, you know, doesn't like to not squander that gift. So it doesn't, it sometimes it takes longer for people to get there <laughs> for than sure. others. Uh, like I've never been one of those girls that was like, oh, I'd be fine being like single yes. forever. I'm like, oh, oh for sure. How? Okay. <laughs> but yeah, finally, like actually acknowledging it for the resource and gift mm-hmm. that it is and actually doing something with that. Yeah. Um, what would you say that um, going to scripture, your go to scriptures for sharing the gospel, um, what would you say some of those um, portions of scripture would be for you? Um, I was thinking about this and I don't know what other people are going to say in answer to this, but I would say the gospels first, because like Mm -hmm. we said earlier, you want to build that, like, what did Jesus do? Like Mm -hmm. kids are going to, if they don't outright ask this, they're going to be thinking like, why would I trust this Jesus Mm -hmm. person? Like, why should I give credit to what he, you're telling me he did? So giving them the gospels, especially Mark, that is, it reads the most like a story. Like it's so also kids with their short attention spans, like the gospel of Mark constantly uses the word immediately. Immediately did, mm. they did this. Immediately they moved on. Immediately somebody, you know, whatever. Um, and so Mark, for sure, um, a lot of my girls who are either so close to um, accepting Christ mm. or have already, the gospels is where, I, especially Mark is where I point them um, to start off with. And then also... Um, just because of the nature of how kids are. Ephesians 2, can I read? Part yeah, of it? Okay. Of so um, Ephesians 2, where it talks about, you know, grace. Um, but it starts in saying, like, you're dead in your trespasses and um, the passions of our flesh. And then it says, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, by grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places of Christ Jesus. Um, and then it says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. And just a lot of the bar- of the barriers that kids will come to, especially um, last summer at camp, when we went to camp, this girl, I said, so so what what's stopping you? And she said, I just don't want to go to enter into that relationship and then let him down. Mm-hmm. And I was like, girl, every day we let him down. <laughs> um, you know, and it's nothing that we can do. It's it's free. It's a gift, and and it's grace. It's not by the word. It's not by your works. It's not anything you're going to do or going to mess up. Mm-hmm. And just pointing them to that part of it. it. Says it's right here. It's promised to you that you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Um, so that's something that I'm, I reach towards a lot. That's awesome. Um, well, as we wind down, is there any um, any last things that you want to share with our listeners? Um, I I guess. The moral of the story is um, don't discredit young people um, for their, first of all, for their ability to understand and for their um, ability to change the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like um, a lot of the kids who I've met have such an influence. They have such an influence. Like kids are going to lead or they're going to follow. Mm-hmm. And I guess our, our goal is to point them to where the right direction mm-hmm. would be towards Jesus. And so don't discredit kids abilities to understand things and to um, lead their friends and their families like families have met the Lord through through kids and so I mean um, yeah just don't discredit them if you as a as a prayer request just pray for pray as a general just pray for kids Mm -hmm. Um, and because life is hard I think it's I'm not 
you know, I haven't been out of the game that long, but, but um, life is wildly different for kids than it was even just for me. And so they're just learning things a lot younger. Um, there's a lot more to, to battle. Um, and the enemy knows that. So praying for kids would be my, my prayer request. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Sarah. My pleasure. <laughs>